Welcome to the Food Freedom Life podcast, where we'll chat about everything food, body image, and emotional healing. If you want eating, movement, and health to be a part of your life without taking up your whole life, you're in the right place. I'm your host and registered dietitian, Brittany Allison, and I'm here to bring you the best tips, tools, strategies, hacks, and inspirational stories that will help you get out of the diet binge cycle so that you can heal, eat, and make room for the things that truly matter. Grab your coffee and let's chat. This is the Food Freedom Life podcast. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to give a bit of a disclaimer that in this episode, we will be discussing eating disorder and disordered eating behaviors. So if you're not at a place in your journey where you feel you can hear these things, I would recommend skipping ahead to 15 minutes and we're in the clear after that. I hope you enjoy the episode. Today on the show, I am sharing something with you that has been on my mind for a very long time and I've wanted to share it so badly, but I haven't quite known how. It took me a really long time to get to a place where I shared this information with my parents, with the people who I needed to tell before I told the internet. Honestly, sharing this is part of why I wanted to start a podcast because saying this in an Instagram video wouldn't do it justice and wouldn't allow me to share my truth in a way that I needed to and that I knew would also help others at the same time. And once I was open about it with my parents, I thought that I would be shouting it from the rooftops, but I still felt a bit of a block because there's also a part of me that's worried of judgment of being an imposter, which I know is not true. Logically, I know it's not true, but it's there. So here I am stepping into the brave space. I hope that in sharing this, it resonates with you in some way and you can find peace in knowing that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy my story. I'll never forget it. After a heart-wrenching three-month breakup, Adrian and I sat on the love seat in my tiny downtown Toronto apartment that would eventually become our home together, and all he wanted to know was what was going on with me. During the last three months of summer, I had acted completely out of character, and after almost six years of hiding, and we had been dating for three of those years, I finally mustered up the courage to say, I have an eating disorder. I'm bulimic. I can't pinpoint the exact time that my body became an issue, but I know it started when I was really young. My body image issues were a combination of a lot of different factors that mounted over the years, like when my parents would call my sister skinny mini but not say anything to me, going to the doctors and being told that I was overweight according to the BMI chart not fitting in with the popular kids at school and blaming my body for it. Not that I really knew I was doing that at the time. Not being allowed certain foods at home because they were considered junk. Seeing idealistic body types on TV and in movies and reading teen magazines about getting toned for summer vacation. Trying to lose weight for a family trip to Florida when I was 11, only to have it not work. Blaming my body for not being invited to high school parties, freaking out about losing weight for prom, trying at-home workout videos we had on VHS. Although I passively blamed my body for not being seen in the way I wanted to by others, that preoccupation was, for the most part, in the back of my mind until I gained weight in first year university in 2011. Looking back, this was completely normal that I had gained weight and it wasn't anything I had to do anything about, but I felt like I did because I had been fed that message my whole life. And for the first time, I had the space and the freedom to truly do something about it, not just secretly do a master cleanse while living at my parents' house while in high school. I don't exactly remember the first time I had eating disorder symptoms, but I know it was during my second semester when I was living in university residence. 
I remember not even feeling shameful about it. It felt like a relief. It felt like I could eat what I wanted and not have my body punish me for it for the first time. But yeah, the eating disorder symptoms started really soon after I started my weight loss journey. It's like the seeds had been planted. It just took something to water them. And it was deciding that I was really going to do something about my weight that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That's what took everything that had mounted over the course of my life slowly and put me to my breaking point where now this mental illness just took over my brain. So I started working out. I began going to the gym and lifting weights for the first time in my life and I loved it. I genuinely did. Working out felt amazing. It felt like a high. I felt empowered and strong and sexy and excited and motivated by the way my body started changing. At the same time, I started logging my food on my fitness pal. I don't know where exactly I got the idea to do that. I can't remember if I was on Instagram at the time and I learned about it from some fitness influencer or if I heard about it from a friend. I really don't know, but I started doing that and That was really, I think, what set me off in the beginning because counting every single thing that you put in your mouth is not normal. It's not natural. It's not information that we genuinely need. It's not helpful to know the nitty gritty of every single thing. Like that is just way too much for anybody. And we can talk about that more in future episodes about why I don't think that calorie counting is helpful, but especially for me, it just really set me off and drove me deep, deep, deep into obsession and perfection and all or nothing behaviors with food. But as a result of all this, my body was changing. I was constantly complimented on my weight loss and my body from my friends, family, guys. I was told that I was so dedicated and I had so much willpower that I had so much strength. And this only drove me further into believing that what I was doing was fine. And I was serious about it. I wanted to change my body. I wanted to change my life. And it became about control really quickly, which led to me having eating disorder symptoms not that long after. Come second year, I was living off campus with a group of friends and I was cooking for myself. I got super into nutrition as a way to just keep pursuing my get healthy and get fit journey and fit into the box that I thought I wanted to. My parents had always cooked healthy, but I took health to a new level and my diet became increasingly restrictive. I became super into clean eating. I was trying to eat as many whole foods as possible, or at least that's kind of what I thought I was doing. But really what I was trying to do was just fill myself with as many vegetables as I could while also eating all of the fat-free, sugar-free foods that I could. It was really just about eating as little as possible. And... I didn't see that at the time. I thought that I was being super healthy, but I was delusional. Anytime I was going to eat with other people, I would stress about my food choices. I would stress about what foods were available. I would obsess over looking at restaurant menus. I would complain like my mom, my poor mom, she didn't know what was going on. And like, I would complain about every single thing that she was going to make because nothing was ever good enough and nothing was ever acceptable. The more time that went by, the better I got at learning how to shape my world to fit the behaviors that I was trying to be more consistent with. And my world became about food. I remember feeling on top of the world. 
I was single at the time. I was loving life. I was honestly living my best life or what I thought was living my best life. And looking back, even parts of it were definitely my best life, but there was just this dark cloud that was always looming over me. I was just digging myself deeper and deeper into this pit of dieting. Although I was already counting calories, I soon after discovered if it fits your macros, IIFYM. I don't know if you've heard of it before. I found it through fitness influencers on Instagram. I was definitely on Instagram at this time. And slowly the numbers became a bigger and bigger part of my life. It wasn't now just about calories. It was about fitting the perfect ratio of macros, eating enough protein, not eating too many carbs, not eating too much fat, and just having this perfect balance all the time. Everything was about the macros and the numbers and the ratio. My life just became numbers, whether it was the scale, calories, macros. I was obsessed. I also discovered intermittent fasting. I would wait until 4 p.m. every day to eat. And part of that felt good. And what I didn't know at the time was that when you wait so long to eat, your body needs to get energy from somewhere. So it goes into fight or flight. And when that happens, your cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone, increases, which allows your body to release glucose from your liver to actually just fuel you through the day. So I felt good, but I was actually just running on adrenaline, which is not healthy and not sustainable. But I didn't know that at the time. I just thought that I felt good. Going out with friends quickly became an opportunity for me to restrict during the day and skip meals only to binge eat at the end of the night. My weekdays were super strict and my weekends were free-for-alls. When I met Adrian in third year of university, I was super deep in my habits, so much so that I was in complete denial that I even had a problem. To me, this was normal. This was just what I was doing to achieve the body that I wanted. This is just my fitness journey. It, It didn't seem abnormal to me, even though looking back now, there are so many things that were really messed up and disordered. That's what eating disorders do to your brain. They trick you into thinking there is no problem and that I could stop anytime I wanted to. But I finished my history degree and when considering my next move in life, I decided to go back to school for nutrition because I was super into food. I was super into nutrition and what better of a career option than something I was deeply passionate about. But was actually just deeply obsessed about. When I started my nutrition degree, I was in Toronto. I went to Ryerson University, which is now called Toronto Metropolitan University. I was trying to find a new place to work out. I wasn't into the gym at the time. I was doing more group fitness and I tried this place on Groupon that I found. It was a boot camp and I got offered a job there. I'd never considered being a fitness instructor before, but I kind of just said yes out of pure shock and fear when I was asked. And so then all of a sudden I was a boot camp instructor and I actually really, really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Although I was waking up super early to teach workout classes, I was doing like the 6.15 and 7.15 a.m. classes before I had school for the day. I would never, ever, ever work out that early, but I was able to manage to get myself up to teach these classes. I really liked it. I liked motivating people. I liked the community that was formed there. It was really fun, but I 
was deeply delusional, right? I thought that I was the walking billboard of health. I was giving advice about nutrition and how to eat, but I was also spending hours a day glued to my phone, tracking every single calorie, uh, researching new diets, researching how I could make my body more optimal. It was just really, really messed up. And this obsession with my healthy diet, my healthy lifestyle was destroying my life. My relationships with friends and family suffered. I was constantly distracted because I was always thinking about food. It was like half of me was present and half of me was just in this jail cell in my brain thinking about what am I going to eat next? What food is available? Uh Uh-oh, my friends want to go to lunch. Let me log out of my fitness pal. Let me see if it'll fit my macros. How am I going to make up for this later? Adrian knew something was wrong and I honestly almost told him a thousand times, but I never did. I would stress out at the idea of making a food decision. I was always torn between what I actually wanted and what fit into my plan. I was preoccupied. I was anxious all the time. I was moody. I was snapping at my friends and family. I never really realized how much energy this fitness journey, this health journey was taking up. I was irritable. I was not myself. I was sneaky and I lied about silly things, but I couldn't stop. And my relationship with myself really suffered too. I lost trust in my intuition. I just felt out of control with food. I hated what I saw when I looked in the mirror, even when I looked fit to the outside world. And looking back at pictures now, I'm like, oh my God, how on earth did I think so poorly about the way that I looked? I was constantly obsessing over food in my body and I just spent every single moment from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep thinking about what I was going to eat or exercise or how I could change my body. Even though I had lost weight and I was more fit than I had ever been, I was not happy. It was never enough. I wasn't the version of myself that I wanted to be, but I wasn't exactly sure what that version was either. The summer of 2016 was when Adrian went away for two months for work. At the time, I was deeply vulnerable. I was hardly eating. I was working full-time managing the kitchen at a kid's camp. And I felt so alone in this world that I had created for myself and that I had dug myself into. I projected my own insecurities onto my relationship and I made the impulsive decision to end it. The next three months were marked with depression and using my eating disorder as a means of control over my life. But after that conversation on my couch in my Toronto apartment, I finally told Adrian and he is the reason I got out of that dark place. I'm not going to discredit all the work that I had to do, but having somebody that I was able to really share what was going on with me, somebody that I just felt so deeply safe with, changed the game for me. He also never gave up on me. Even when I gave up on myself, he stayed by my side and was there for me, even though I didn't stay by his. And it was like a fog was finally lifted. When I told him, I was finally able to see my eating disorder for what it was, which was a result of my intense preoccupation with my body. I realized that my priorities were just in a really wrong place and they weren't aligned with what I really cared about in my life. 
telling Adrian about what I was struggling with helped me take a step back from my habits to see the big picture of what my preoccupation with weight loss and changing my body was doing to my eating and my overall quality of life. And when I started to see that big picture, when I was able to really finally zoom out for the first time, rather than being just so deeply in it, I started to see that logging my food all the time, counting every single calorie I was putting in my body, making up for the things that I was eating, like these behaviors were hurting me. I genuinely did not know what was causing my binge eating before. Like genuinely, I thought there was just something wrong that I was doing with my nutrition. I thought that there was something that I was missing. I thought there was a missing piece. I had no clue that it was my restriction that was leading to binges. Like now looking back, it's it's so clear to see, but at the time I couldn't see that until I was able to really take this step back. And taking this step back just helped me focus on other areas of my life that mattered. And once I outed my eating disorder, I was able to recognize and be critical of my inner critic. I realized it wasn't helping me be better. It was making my life worse. And I was able to recognize that voice for what it was, which was my eating disorder voice. During this time, I stumbled on a book called Eat, Lift, Thrive by Sohee Lee. It talked about listening to your body and relying on internal wisdom rather than external cues for what, when, and how much to eat. And although the book still kind of had a focus on body size, reading it brought me the empowered step to just stop using my fitness pal for good. And for the first time in six years, I didn't know the exact calorie and macronutrient breakdown of every single thing I was putting in my body. And it was both terrifying and freeing. Although I knew the nutrition information of basically every single food and I could easily count up the calories in my head and I I still did for a while, like I was still counting and making sure that I was safe with how much I was eating, it felt mentally lighter. And I soon started looking at those mental calorie counts for what they were, which was again, my eating disorder voice. If they ever popped up, I took a step back and recognized that they're hurting me. They're not helping me. I started to challenge them. I started to try to tune into my internal voice more than that external one and listen to my body because those thoughts were keeping me in that same box I had been trapped in for so many years. And I worked to reject those thoughts until eventually, after quite some time, I will say, they weren't there anymore. When I was Googling more information on how to listen to my body, I stumbled upon the intuitive eating book and it was everything I'd ever learned from Eat, Lift, Thrive, but it just went further into helping me leave behind the diet mentality for good. It opened up the floodgates and I just consumed everything I could when it came to intuitive eating, body acceptance, the idea of food freedom. I found the Food Psych podcast by Christy Harrison. I read Health at Every Size and my life was changed forever. Now that I knew all this information, I could never go back. It was like everything I knew about fitness, nutrition, health existed in this one universe and there was this whole other one that was there that I just didn't see. So once I knew it, I couldn't go back. My ideas on health, body size, I learned about fat phobia and weight stigma. I learned that diet culture was actually a thing. It completely transformed my outlook. My body was changing as a result of no longer restricting. I was gaining weight and that was challenging at times, but I knew that what I was doing was 
bigger than my physical self. I was for the first time empowered to be more than my body. All this said, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. Like I said, I was still struggling with mental calorie counts. I was still binging at times. I was still overeating at times. It was hard to learn how to listen to my body after being so out of touch with it for so long. And I didn't fully trust myself around food for a long time. I was mostly challenging myself with food when I was with Adrian, when I was with other people, and when there were other people to just kind of keep me in line so that I didn't totally go overboard. But slowly but surely, as I continued to learn more and educate myself, I was able to test the boundaries a little bit more to keep more foods in the house. And all of a sudden I wasn't, you know, finishing an entire box of Oreos or an entire tub of ice cream, I was able to eat some, move on, and not think about it after. And that felt so damn good. That felt honestly like one of the most freeing feelings ever. After a few months of working my own business, I quit my job at the boot camp because I just couldn't work in a setting where weight loss was the most important thing. I couldn't continue to do that and help clients with that because it was just so contradictory to what I was trying to do in my own work. And although I felt strong enough in my recovery to be in this setting, my boss was not interested in incorporating non-diet programming into the studio. And I just wasn't prepared to continue helping clients with weight loss. So we were at a crossroads and it no longer felt right. So I just, I had to leave. And I do miss being a fitness instructor because I really genuinely enjoyed that. But Leaving this job was like my final personal tie to diet culture. And although at face value, it seemed like I was just leaving a part-time job, it represented what felt like the last connection to a version of myself I no longer identified with. When I first started as a fitness instructor, I was in a world that revolved around weight loss. That was my life. And I craved as many connections to that world as possible. When I left, I was able to see that world for what it was, predatory and preying on the insecurities of people who didn't know any better. It was a beast that falsely spreads the notion that you have to be a certain size to be healthy. And at this point, I wanted to help change that world. I wanted to give others the power that I felt then and that I still feel now, the power to make decisions for myself, for my body and for my health that I know in my heart are aligned with my values and in my best interest, not in the interest of always getting smaller at any possible cost. It felt like I had a new life, one where I got to call the shots, one where I was no longer powerless to the decisions I made that were misguided by diet culture. I finally felt free to live my life in the way I wanted. The time that was once spent searching for low calorie, clean recipes, entering meal ideas into my fitness pal, logging my food, searching up new diets and workout routines. I could now use this time to do whatever I wanted to do. And I felt joy in cooking again because I could actually go to the food blogs, just search up a recipe and cook anything that sounded good. I wasn't constantly trying to substitute things or log mid cooking. like. I was actually enjoying food again. I was eating enough. I was eating carbohydrates. I didn't have brain fog anymore. I could finally focus and I felt clear. 
I was no longer moody all the time. I didn't snap at my family anymore. I could go out to dinner and not stress about how I would make up for it. I was able to just buy clothes that fit my here and now body. And I started baking again because I didn't have to worry about if I would eat the entire batch or if it wasn't healthy enough or if it had too many calories. I stopped beating up my body with high intensity workouts and I actually stopped exercising entirely for a while. And my world didn't end. When I came back to it, I felt a renewed sense of appreciation for what my body could do instead of what it looked like. And that was hard. It was hard to take time off from working out because it was just such a big part of, again, how I spent my time for so long. But by this point, I had a back injury from overdoing it. I was just burnt out. My body was always sore and I needed that time. So it was important to do that. And I'll talk more about that in future episodes for sure. Another big piece that changed was my relationship. I got closer to Adrian, not only because he now understood a huge part of my past, but also because I could finally genuinely be present with him. I wasn't stressing about what we would eat or snapping at him when he didn't understand why I struggled so badly with food decisions or choosing where to eat. I allowed him to touch my stomach and my arms and I didn't cringe at the idea of how my body felt. I didn't care about the way my body looked when we were intimate. I was finally able to fully just enjoy it without this undercurrent of anxiety. We could have spontaneous date nights or be out for an entire day and eat whatever was available and I didn't have stress or worry about it anymore. The food and my body didn't matter anymore. The memories did. Food freedom represents living my life for me, spending my time how I want to, making my world fuller, not smaller. Food freedom means everything to me. It changed my life for the better and I want to help others experience that change too. I struggled so much to tell my parents and my parents are lovely people. If you're listening to this, which I know you are, hi mom and dad, (laughs) but I just couldn't. Even after writing down my story, going to therapy, meditating, more journaling, visualizing myself telling them I had a major block and the number of times I wanted to tell them, but just couldn't was honestly more than I could count. When I was active in my eating disorder, there was no way I was telling them. I was in denial that I even had a real problem myself. Even once Adrian knew and I started to heal, I still wasn't ready. And that was okay. I was doing well, recovering on my own terms, and I wasn't ready to let anyone else into that process. It was once I had recovered for over a year, started a business, and was helping other people recover that I really started to get frustrated with myself. Why am I so stuck? What on earth is my problem? Why am I such a chicken? Although I easily told any client who asked about my history with food, every time I tried to tell my parents, my heart would beat in my ears. I'd get a flash of heat over my body. My mouth refused to surface the right words or any for that matter. And I would shove the idea of telling them back down into the vault and carry on with my life until the next time I decided I should really try again. It was horrible. The therapist I saw said that I should practice telling someone easier first, a friend or my sister. So I told them both at different times, which 
was terrifying, but empowering. And I remember feeling exhausted the next day after both. Yet I still couldn't manage to tell my parents. I stopped seeing the therapist. It frustrated me so much that I just kind of gave up for a while and it felt like I needed permission to not tell them. It felt good actually to give myself that permission, but secretly I was hoping that giving myself permission would unlock some magical porthole that would give me the courage to finally do it. But spoiler, it didn't. And just like in your food freedom journey, giving yourself conditional permission ain't going to cut it. So I bargained with myself. Maybe I don't need to tell them. Maybe it would be fine. They don't need to know, right? It's all in the past. But not telling them created such a block when it came to the social media side of my business. My content felt so hollow without referring to my own experiences that I wanted to shout from the rooftops, I've been there too, I get it, but I couldn't. I started to get so uninspired that I stopped posting altogether. And if you've been following me for a long time, you have probably seen that happen. I was starting to let my business suffer because I couldn't tell my parents about a mental health issue that happened so many years ago. But by this point, it had been five years since I recovered. So what was it? Why was there such a block? I've always had somewhat of an issue with people pleasing. A big part of who I've been and especially who I was growing up is a peacekeeper. I never liked conflict or yelling or people getting upset, especially at me. I'd do whatever I could to make sure I wasn't a source of upset and I'd shut down if I was yelled at. I think a part of me thought that if someone was upset at me or if I did something wrong, they would love me a little less. Over the years, I've gotten a lot better. I've learned how to stand up for myself and voice my opinion when I wanted to, even if it causes a bit of conflict, even though sometimes I still shy away from that, I've gotten a lot better. But with my parents, I still fall into old patterns and this is pretty normal, but still annoying. So although this may sound a little woo-woo, one night a couple months ago in the summer, I meditated on all this. I knew consciously that my parents wouldn't love me less or get upset at me or be disappointed, but there was clearly a part of me that felt threatened, which is why I had such a block telling them. And that was my inner child. She's still in there and she was scared, scared of all the things that I used to be scared of. And so she wanted to keep the secret. She made it hard for me to say anything in those moments that I just wanted to get it off my chest and get it over with so badly. So I talked to her. I told her what she really needed to hear, which is truly what I needed to hear when someone was upset at me growing up. I said, no one is going to love you any less. No one is going to get upset at you. No one is going to be disappointed. But, and this is the really important part, If something goes wrong and someone is upset or disappointed, I am here to protect you. I will keep you safe and make sure you are all right. I will still love you no matter what. It's going to be okay. So there I was laying in my bed at the cottage with all the lights out before I went to sleep, tears streaming down my face while I gave my inner child a pep talk. I felt relieved, honestly, like a part of me was more secure than it felt before. And sure enough, the next day I told my parents, I told myself that morning that I would try to find a good time for real this time. (laughs) And when we went on a walk together, just me and my parents, it felt right. I still got the fast heartbeat and I had to muster up some courage to just say the words, but 
I did it. There's something that's been on my mind for a while that I've really wanted to tell you. I used to have an eating disorder. My parents were so understanding and supportive and they wish that I told them sooner, but at the same time, they understood why I didn't. It was honestly so painless that the feeling of frustration came back for a second that I didn't say anything sooner, but I remembered my inner child and how scared she was and I did my best to use that as reason to back off. So 10 years after it all started, I finally told my parents about my eating disorder. And now I'm telling all of you, which somehow feels a whole lot easier, but that's okay. I don't owe anyone an apology, but also I am sorry. Just like with my parents, I wish I shared this sooner. And at times I felt so hypocritical, preaching food freedom, owning who you are, being your authentic self. Yet there was such a big part of me that is quite literally so related to this work that I wasn't being authentic about. I was coaching my clients on how to have conversations about their disordered eating and eating disorders with friends and family, yet I couldn't do it myself. I like to think that every conversation I had with a client helped me too. So here I am coming clean, and I hope in some way you can relate to my story and know that you're going to be okay too. Thank you for listening. And that's it. That's the end of episode one of the Food Freedom Life podcast. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, make sure to share on your social media platforms. That really helps to spread the word so that other people can learn more about the podcast. It would also mean so much if you could give me an awesome rating and review for the episode that also helps the algorithm on the different podcast platforms to make sure that my podcast gets seen by people. So on next week's episode, we're going to be talking all about how to know what's going on in your relationship with food how to know if you really have a problem with food, but the different types of eater and helping you figure out what type you are. If you're looking forward to hearing that episode, make sure to tune in next week and give it a listen. Talk to you then. Oh, 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 oh,